This is the Passion Lands Lotta Team Podcast, the top producing real estate team from New York City to the Hamptons. We bring you content week in and week out on all things real estate, finance, and lifestyle. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Today we're here with John Schoonmaker, managing partner at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. What's up, John? How you Pleasure doing? Pleasure to be here. My first podcast. Yeah, look at nice. that. Nice. I feel honored. I, I, feel like, I feel like you're primed for podcasts. We're ready to go. Yeah. I I've listened like to thing. a few. I've listened to a few. Just what listened, podcast do you listen to? I just listened to Brian Buffini's uh, Bold Predictions for 2020. Okay. Okay. Anything good. interesting? Uh, you know, he's... he's He's selling stuff. He's mm-hmm. selling his uh, programs, his training, which is great. Re- the referral business is often forgot about, which I love. Yeah. So he talks about the pop by, the stop in, the clients. The old school stuff. Old school. Yeah. How did he start his career? It's funny. He said, the first day I got on a job, the lady went into a realtor and uh, said, yeah, you can start here. And uh, got his license. He's, he always makes a joke about everyone in California has more, there's more real estate license than, than driver's licenses. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, he says, she came, she gave him the white pages. She said, uh, just dial that so you make an appointment. It goes, oh, this is pretty easy. He's from Ireland and he's mm-hmm. painting houses. And you paint houses? Have I ever painted a I've house? Paid, yeah, of course I painted a house. Are you, you paint houses? What movie? Is that a movie? Yeah, come on. I don't know. The Irishman. Movie? The Irishman. Oh. I saw it, but I don't. I, I remember. I'm not like a movie trivia guy. No. If you could, just a little bit. See, the way the, the mic works, you got to talk right, right into there. it. All right. Yeah, you got to get in this. All right, not too it. close, but close enough. You don't want to hear that echo. We've got to echo in here. So the um, broker says, uh, make a call. To, don't leave too late. Make an appointment. He goes, oh, that's pretty easy. And he starts dialing the white pages. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I never heard so much vulgar language in my life. <laughs> <laughs> But he survived. He's a funny guy. He's a funny Irishman, and uh, he's got a great program. Yeah. So I'm I'm really interested in, in in your career and what brought you to the point of owning a piece of the franchise rights to Berkshire Hathaway in Long Island, Brooklyn, and Queens. I mean, because that is that is some holy grail real estate stuff. So so talk me through. You know, from the day you first started working, one step after the next, into who you are today and, and how that all yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know, it's uh life is peaks and valleys, right? I hear you. And there's always silver linings. So you got to find the silver linings, right? I love that movie too. I'm a big movie guy. Yeah. yeah. Silver that linings one, yeah. playbook. Yeah. It's a good one. Bradley Cooper. Bradley right? Cooper. Right. But, um, you know, not to drag it all out, but you know, I met Emmett Laffey socially many, many years ago. Our wives are friends. In fact, we got a guest in this room who knows our, our wives as well. Mm-hmm. Diana Hyotis, mm-hmm. rock star agent. That she is. She's obeying the rules. <laughs> and um, uh, so about t- 12 years ago, I had a recruiting firm really dedicated towards the healthcare field, managed care. And um, what, the, what companies were you recruiting for? Uh, like United Healthcare, Aetna, Oxford. So all the major insurers. Major insurers. Okay. And what and, kind of jobs were you, cre- were you searching for? Salespeople in that field? Okay. Mostly sales and uh, contract managers, contract you know, going out contracting with doctors, hospitals, yeah. mm-hmm. SNFs, ancillary providers, all that kind of stuff. Right mm-hmm. up your guys' alley. Yeah. yeah, you know, we'd go to the neurosurgeon, and he'd be like, we're like, hey, CPT code six zero eight four eight. That uh, pays two thousand. He goes, I want eighty two thousand <laughs> plus healthcare. So you've seen the reimbursements that these guys yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, we've pretty done, wild. We've done a lot of bit, a lot of that, and um, so then Emmett says one day uh, we're having a beer, and he goes. Right. You're a recruiter, right? I go, yeah, yeah, we do. And he goes, I need a manager. I need a manager for my offices. You can do it. 
I go real estate. It's not, you know. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing the, the insurance thing for how long at this point? Uh, at that point, I had uh, 13 years. 13 wow. years. You were, yeah. did you have any kids at that time? Just had, uh, yeah, I think I just had both of them right around that time. Right. Three okay. and one or something like that, four and one. So to like make that. a career change at that oh, stage in your life is crazy. It's crazy and it's crazy. Yeah, you're but probably doing well in insurance because you've been doing it for 13 years. Right. So it was, you know, it's funny. Um, you look back at it, it's close to, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but uh, at the time I was comfortable. Right. And comfortable is the last place you ever want to be mm-hmm. in any yeah. business. Yep. It's the last place you're comfortable, you're in trouble. Yep. And even our uh, big boss, Gino Blafari says, if you're not moving forward, you're dying. The minute that. you stop moving forward, you're dying. Mm-hmm. So in hindsight, and so here's the better part, it was 2009 when the real estate world was crumbling. Yeah. And that's when you made this move. That's when I made the move. Holy cow. Yeah. So you had to be, I mean, you had to probably answer your wife a little bit on that one. Nah, you know, my wife, God, go for it. <laughs> well, what was go the- for it. <laughs> Mortgage, baby, two kids. Go yeah, for yeah, it. Of course, of course. So, so you finally come to the decision. Well, how'd you make that decision? Yeah. I you mean, know, it's, were you, you looking for a career change? I, I think you know when you're comfortable and opportunity knocks. And if you guys have gotten to know uh, Emmett, he's an exciting guy. Mm-hmm. He's a great salesman. Mm-hmm. And um, he just put together a pitch that I was like, you know what? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's kind of what I've lived by. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Right. Right? You don't step out of your comfort zone. What you, you know, could have done yeah. what I was doing for next time. But the firm's still there where I used to work. Still yeah. there. Yeah. I'm making money. It's all cool. Punch the clock at five o'clock. You're home. That's wild. So, yeah, so we stepped out and uh, it was short sales. It was REOs is the world crumbling, you know, after Lehman Brothers. And mm-hmm. we just dug in. And, um, you know, I think the really the worst was probably behind us at that point. Right. Oh, nine was you right, started. Right. to. So you stepped in as an office manager. No, I wasn't licensed. So Emmett said, listen, because I had recruited a great manager mm-hmm. for him uh, a year a year before I joined. And then uh, in 2009, he called me again. He said, I need another manager. I said, all right, I'll do it. And I mm-hmm. placed another one. And as I placed that one, he said, you know what? I need someone like you recruiting and on the team all the time. So I said, all right, make me an offer. <laughs> so I went in as really, I helped uh, with recruiting and helped with our capture of a business and mortgage and title and just as a, an executive. So I wasn't a, real, a licensed real estate agent. And you, you were part of that corporate team that helped him grow his, his brokerage and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. And you were recruiting agents and back-end people, like office managers and all. Anything and anything. everything, whatever we need. Right. And when right. you said you built out, you helped build out title and all that stuff, what do you mean exactly? Because, I mean, you don't have a background in any of that. No background, but, you know, you learn it quick, you know. And um, he had a, he had a uh, mortgage company, and um, we had just as I joined, maybe – maybe within the first six months, we joint ventured with Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Wells Fargo, uh, in essence, bought 51% of the mortgage company. And he re- retained 50, 49%. And then that was kind of putting us in turbo mode. Right. And we just started recruiting people. We hired a manager. And we grew that business to, they were doing over $100 million a year. Wow. Really? It's crazy. Wow. The, crazy. The, on the mortgage side? On the mortgage side. Wow. Yeah. So were you? We were like number... I say like number nine or eleven or twelve in so, the country. So you weren't in the business. You weren't in the business in '04. When I mortgages were always a crazy thing for me because when I was in high school, I got recruited to be a telemarketer. So I got recruited for I don't know if you ever heard Southern Star Mortgage. You ever yeah, hear Southern Star Mortgage? Yeah. It was. There's it it apparently a few of them all over the island, but we were 16 years old. Okay, 
we would stroll in after school. They'd put us on the phones and they'd be, and they'd just give us a list to call out of the phone book. And they'd say, you know, these people have, uh, they're paying interest at 24% on credit cards, consolidated into 4% on a refi. And that's what you're selling. And we would put, we would basically get gain interest on the phone, pass it right off to a broker. And I mean, we were kids making pretty good right, money, right. having a blast, but those are the wild days. So, how do you go, how, how do you build out a mortgage business that, that big? Yeah, just people. People, we had, you know, 15 offices. We started, we had two, three uh, mortgage brokers in each office. And we really just worked on client service. When the buyer came in, let's give them world-class service, Wells Fargo. First ally was our company. Let's just give them all the services and make it a beautiful tra transaction. Wow. And, and to this day, we still do our best to do that and uh, hold their hands go through the pits and valleys of it. You know, people are nervous, people yeah, yeah. buying a house first, you know, we, we, we lose sight of what we do. Right. Right. Even uh, someone's told me today because it's so common. Diana's friend's going to be moving and she's freaking out. Oh yeah. And we take it for granted. Yeah. Hey, yeah. We saw you yeah, going to contract. We'll see you in three months. <laughs> and then all the fun starts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing working in a hospital in the operating room. You lose, so like surgery is not a big deal. Not yeah, a big like, deal. I get surgery. It's like, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah. I'm jaded. Like, I think they say that's the word. It's like I'm, I'm getting jaded. surgery. I'm going into the night. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm jaded. So but I want to know how. So like, because you make it sound like, oh, you know, like we just recruited people. We built the business. Like you make it sound like recruiting people is easy. Like if there's anything I've learned from since we started the professional lines, a lot of teams that that recruiting good people is actually really hard. Very tough. I mean, mm -hmm. how how do you do it? How do you just recruit? How do you recruit these people? and recruit the right people to help build the business. You know, you got to go out and reach out and find them. You know, when, when you like have just a, call, you just call random people. I mean, so when you have a real estate firm, you capture a lot of information and you find out and you ask agents, oh, who, who's that guy did that mortgage? Oh, mm -hmm. it was uh, Jimmy uh, Sunshine. He's, he was really good. And you call him, you have some commonality. Hey, you just did a deal with uh, Diana. And she said you had a perfect mortgage, perfect experience. I'd like to talk to you about Wells Fargo. Mm -hmm. And Wells Fargo brand at the time before all there, yeah, shenanigans you know top dog they probably store top dog in the, in the yeah industry. I mean, I, my mortgage is through wells fargo yeah and rates as you mentioned 20 percent earlier my first mortgage was seven and a quarter and you're getting rates at three and a, three and a half four, four back percent. in the 80s they were they were like 20 percent, 20 percent, which is wild i mean it, it's 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 actually a very interesting business and, and it is true you, you need a rock solid lender to be working with um they could, I've been in a situation where you've, we've been in contract three months, they're ready to close and last minute there's problems yeah. and they got to scramble. And I mean, we're talking big deals. I mean, the deal that, that I had an issue with a lender was a new development in New York city, uh, in Brooklyn. I think it was like a $1.5 million deal. And in the last, literally a week before they were about to close, they had to give like the good faith estimate. Yeah. And the interest rate wasn't what they said it was going to be. All kinds of charges came out of the woodwork. They weren't able to do certain things without, you know, the developer's approval, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's, it's definitely an interesting business. So, so you go, you, you go from doing that with Emmett there. At what point do you guys break away from Laffey International? Or well, Laffey? Uh, we, yeah, we were Laffey International and um, that's 2012. And um, yeah, they, the, him and his partners broke up, had a mm -hmm. divorce and, um, he said, John, pack your bags. We're going down the block. And I'm like, let's go. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. <laughs> let, let me ask you something. Because you said the motto. That's it. I in love 2009, it. you started. Yeah. At what point, how long did it take to feel comfortable? Like I made the right decision. This is 
this is going to be big. I'm, I'm really happy. You know, was it six months, a year, two years, five years? When did that happen? Did it never happen? Was it always still? You know, you always, um, I, I think I always felt I made the right decision because it, it was a dynamic organization. Mm-hmm. It was growing. And, you know, as you learn, it's funny. Uh, I think it's even Brian, Brian Buffini is food, shelter, clothing. Mm-hmm. You're in a you're in a great business. You're in food, shelter, clothing. Mm-hmm. The three needs. And shelter, yep. yeah. It's never going away. It's never going away. And you know, you study the macro stuff. There's not enough houses. Too many people. You Population know, like, growth. Yeah, yeah, we need like a good Spanish flu or something. <laughs> <laughs> Potato. <laughs> yeah, right? so, yeah. So you know, I never really focused on. It, but when when the breakup happened, and it was like, whoa, here we go. Yeah. You know, put the bootstraps on, and that's that was the impetus to get licensed. He said, hey everybody's all in now right and we had a small team that that joined us and we started an office uh, down the block and started laughing international so, and that was in 2001 and to that it was it's funny because i remember moving stuff like a week after sandy mm-hmm. it was like wow. end of 2012 he's like get those files and you know there was no power and just like craziness Whoa. and stuff. you pick you pick good times for career changes yeah. uh, oh nine after the financial giant crash 2012 right after sandy right. giant catastrophe yeah, yeah. that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> let's hope there's no moves coming up for you anytime soon but here's the silver lining that was an opportunity to and look where you are you know, know that that's pretty awesome so in. so you guys all move move out you're not berkshire hathaway yet no Okay, you're just Laffy International. Laffy International. For how many years? Uh, for five five years. Okay, five so for years. five years. Then how does the Berkshire Hathaway thing come about? And, uh, so walk me through that. All right, so you know, in this business, you have to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if you don't want to be everywhere, you have to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we go into a, Em and I go into a conference. Um, I think it was Risk Media. Risk Media CEO Exchange. It's every year. It's at the Harvard Club. And you get ideas and, you know, round table and speakers and we're there. And all of a sudden we bump into one of Emmett's friends from, or colleagues from years past. And he's like, Hey, what's going on? His name is Gina Bofar. He's like, Oh, I'm running Berkshire Hathaway. I'm like, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. Isn't Warren Buffett running Warren that? Buffett yeah, we're the, we, we were those guys, you <laughs> yeah. know, three, yeah. three, four years ago. Like Berkshire Hathaway. He goes, yeah, we're selling real estate. We're like, not here. You're not. And he's like, no, we got, we want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. I'm sending one of my guys to you. I mean for drink. Mm-hmm. So he sends his business development guy and uh, we talk. And of course, you know, being New Yorkers and bottom line, that's cool. Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett, what's the cost? Yeah. You know, what's the cost? And, you know, so we, we leave. Like, it. You know, and it's like, and, you know, he was a franchise for a long time. He goes, I ain't ever doing that again, man. <laughs> <laughs> no more franchise. And, you know, <laughs> so um, we kind of just let it go. And, uh, you know, it just, kind of sat there and then I think I think it might have been like even another six months or so since till we got another call mm-hmm. and uh, we said oh, let's consider it more and we started peeling away the onion and started I guess getting into their sales cycle right 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 and um, but we finally said you know as, as you know I tell people like if we were in Ohio or somewhere else maybe it wouldn't be so prevalent but we started to say Warren Buffett on the north shore of Long Island and Wall Street banking what a great i'm great. shocked that no one it, it took that long for someone to scoop it up yeah to be honest with you yeah. especially with the national brand how it's grown and it's the number one brokerage in the country yeah, i think there's probably some people kicking themselves in the back. oh of course it has to be I, when I, did berkshire home uh home pathway home services originate like the franchise so the franchise uh, in 2013 um somebody went to warren and his mm-hmm. management team and said hey we'd love to put your brand 
on residential real estate. Mm-hmm. And what uh, did he start in? Like, what, like, what did he get going in? He's just investing. His, he's an investor. He's, he's a, he actually went to Columbia uh, Business School and um, yeah. he found a mentor. The intelligent investor, Benjamin Graham, yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my question is, is he literally a billionaire off of investing in stocks? Oh, yeah. By price per oh, earnings, yeah. and yeah. that's it. Yeah. So he's just long the market since 60 years ago. Well, it's, it's uh, I, you know, studying Warren Buffett these last two years, uh, you learn discipline is his greatest asset. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, right. Just staying true to what he believes in. And uh, taking that to our business, staying true to what we believe in. Right. And uh, I think his big, biggest, earliest win was American Express. That was one of his first investments. And, wow. Uh, and then, of course, he bought Apple mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. at 138 a share. Mm-hmm. And if you have a look recently, it's $290. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Year and a half. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, he's, I not mean, ju- he's not just buying a couple of shares either. So it's. Nope. It's crazy. Yeah, it's but, big money. He's, uh, he's just, so his, his, uh, if you watch his documentary, it, it was just in his blood. He says, my DNA was made for this. I had, he had a, he had a scale machine in a barbershop when he was a kid and a pinball machine to collect, uh-huh. collect nickels and pennies. Mm. Wow. And he filed his first tax return at 12. <laughs> so was, he goes, it was in my DNA. He goes, I kind of just fell into what was God made me to do. Right, yeah. right, right. That's wild. So. Yeah. So you guys get this franchise, you get things going, you're opening up shop. Now, now, what was the first office you guys opened? So we had um, uh, Emmett owned an uh, office down in Wilson Park for 40, 45 years. Mm-hmm. So we were in business the day uh, after the breakup. And then we offered an open office in Greenvale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we set our sights on Woodbury. So and, right out of the gate, you had two offices. Right, two offices, and maybe so this didn't mm-hmm. exist until how long ago so we bought so we purchased this uh, uh building this was the old cottage pharmacy i don't know if you yeah, guys yeah, remember but yeah. that's across the street now but this is the old cottage pharmacy and we bought this in like 2013 like a year maybe a year after we put a bid in and waited and waited and waited and, and we bought this built it out uh, started recruiting so here's another great story and i guess 2014 we're going to build out this office and so we need agents. Mm-hmm. So we, we recruit two of our first eight, four first agents, Cheryl Goldman, Batul Morby, um, Andrea Costello and Michelle Gort. Mm-hmm. And they all commit to come to us. Mm-hmm. But we have no office. Mm-hmm. So we go down the block and we rent uh, a suite at the Fox Hollow Inn <laughs> to have an office. Oh my God. <laughs> move the bed a out, move the all the stuff so out. Isn't the Fox Hollow a catering hall? Well, yeah, well, next to it was a hotel, a hotel catering. Oh, that's so funny. So, so you guys have an address. So we have an address. We have an address. We have a copy machine brought in. We bring in six desks. <laughs> that's we get insane. an admin and we're that's in a hotel. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Because we wanted to be in, we were in Woodbury. We start yeah. doing Woodbury business. Yeah. And um, that's how it started. We spent 10 months there and the rent wasn't cheap, man. Really? Yeah. I will. Yeah. It's a hotel stay. I mean, I mean listen, business owners, there's not much discount there. That's yeah. insane. And we, um, they did give you breakfast every day, though. That's <laughs> Continental <insane>. breakfast. <laughs> served to the brokerage. Very nice. Bring your clients in for breakfast. That's one of the service, cool. so. so you were literally running a brokerage out of a hotel room. Yeah. Yep. That's the coolest thing. But that's pretty, so now it's, I mean, basically in the, in the time span of two years, there's now five offices. And doing, that's, that's the third. And um, 
then uh, we build that. We come here in like 14, I think March 14th, which is like St. Patrick's Day. March, maybe it was 15th. Get my years mixed up here. <laughs> and um, we're still laughing. Fine Homes International. Mm-hmm. And so we went back a year to get to this office. And then in 27, 11, 2018, we finally signed a deal with Berkshire. How long was that negotiated? It was about a year and a half. Of negotiations? Yeah, well, you know, you know kissing goodbye and come and go and mm-hmm. we're back and send us something. We're not so doing that. When, you, when you're signing, a, I mean, you, you don't have to get into specifics, obviously, but what's there really to negotiate when it comes to signing a franchise? I would feel like you want it, you want it. I mean, I guess... Especially a brand like Berkshire Hathaway, you would think like they kind of hold all the cards. Like they're like, hey, listen, if you want our franchise, take it or leave it here. Yeah. Uh, this is why our clients love us, our negotiation yeah, skills. Yeah, yeah, And uh, there was, you know, certain things we wanted and mm-hmm. you got to be patient. And, and, you know, of course, you'd never operate from law, fear of loss. But of course, we said, listen, guys, if we don't pull the trigger. There's someone behind us, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that, well, that's what, that's what would have me afraid of, of sitting uh, on the sidelines for a year and a half yeah. negotiating. Uh, I think, listen, in this business, you go to, as we go to all these meetings and these conferences and these, this, these webinars and it's always relationships. And I think Emmett having a long-term relationship with some of the senior leadership at mm-hmm. Berkshire Hathaway yeah. knew he was the right guy. Right. And if they had to wait another 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever, I think they knew they had the right guy. Right, right, right. And um, because of his footprint, yeah, from uh, previous business right. and growth. And um, so uh, we started that. And then about 60 days later, we uh, brought in Pugach Group down in Woodmere. Okay. So they joined us with, you know, 40 agents and 29, 30 years in business. And that's down there. the Woodmere office. Woodmere office. For Barry the five Pugach. towns. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great office. And they've, they were up probably 15, 20% from since joining Berkshire Hathaway. Great team down there. They, they kind of, soaked it in just took right. everything possible and went out there and really i think um put some uh, spark back in their step where did we where did the brokerage finish with regards to volume last year in 2018 last year i think we did about all in 600 million it's a lot yeah it's so a lot of business crazy. Yeah. in a matter of not even two years yeah, five offices, 600 million sales. I mean, it's got to be the fastest growing brokerage on the island. I think now it is. Far. With you By guys far. you guys coming on. Get the, well, we're get about the to light it on fire. Team on board. And um, it's, uh, we're, you know, we, listen, we're, we're not the biggest, but we've kind of got this boutique-y so edge to I, us. I will tell you, having my last brokerage been Douglas Elliman, which is a huge brokerage, I, I, I like the intimacy here. I like that Emmett's a phone call away. I like that you're around to have a conversation with. I like that we have access to the social media marketing team. I like that Belinda's right there for us. I mean, that's what these other bigger conglomerates did not have, to be completely honest with you. They were completely out of touch, at least with with our team. I mean, sure, there's a few people that they cater to over there, but to be completely honest with you, there was no intimacy. You know, you couldn't get on the phone and call someone higher, high up the chain and, and talk to them about a business proposition and work through something. It didn't exist. So, I mean, for us, that, that was most, what was most appealing to me on top of the Berkshire brand and, and, and everything else that you guys had going on here. 100% this was, for us, you know, the move of, the, of a lifetime and exactly what, what we needed to do at this, at this point in our career. 
So thank you. But no, it's great to have you guys. Yeah, and we're yeah. looking forward to it. And I think Teddy Roosevelt said it right. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah, exactly. And that's that, true. That's a that's a good one to remember. Yeah, that's true. Because it's so true. Yep. So so tell me what goes on at these Berkshire Hathaway national meetings. What's being discussed? What does the future look like? You know, what are the core values? Because we haven't gotten to one yet. We'd like to go to one. There's one in a few months. Yeah, you got these guys. Got to shoot out to <laughs> yeah, Nashville, man. I think, Pony I, up. I honestly, up. I honestly think uh, uh, we may, but. You know, just curious oh, yeah, to you know. You gotta go. You gotta yeah, go. I think I think that's because I like I like, I like the fact that uh, they have those meetings, and you can have kind of your your hand on the pulse of what's what's going on in the Berkshire Hathaway network. So, so what goes on at those things? Walk me through. Uh, it's uh, to me the best, and I haven't been to uh, a um, Democratic National Convention or Republican, but it was like that. It mm-hmm. was it was energy. It was just all, everyone was all in. It was Vegas. It was. It was we sold out to Caesar's Palace Arena, so people had to watch in another room on a screen. We had, really? so we had, I think that's over five thousand people there. Wow! So the, it's because it's this all-in mentality mm-hmm. and the culture that Gino and uh, Chris Stewart have put together, and, and with obviously Warren Buffett. But it's uh, great speakers, great motivational speakers, great yep. insight to the leadership, the brand, what's going on, and you know Berkshire Hathaway. With you know, you got Warren Buffett's um, legacy. Gino Blafari was kind of like, you know, if it is to be, it's up to me. He's kind of like a mind, body, and soul guy. He's like, give me a number two pants, I'll go list seven houses today. <laughs> you know, he's just like, he'll conquer the world. Yeah. He's fit. He's emotionally fit. He's, he's got a life plan. It's, it's really almost amazing, almost unbelievable what he does in a day. Right. And then Chris Stewart, who's just taken over as CEO, kind of comes from the tech world. You know, I think Which is was, good, yeah, given was, today's environment. Yeah, so he's, he was at Oracle. He's a, a degree in uh, biochemistry. He's been all in. He's pushed the CRM for us. So we kind of have this great mix. And he's worked under Gino for 14 years. Right. So this great mix of kind of the old school culture and how we run a business with technology coming in. And that's how Berkshire Hathaway, after six short years, has become number one in the country. Uh, transactions last year they have experts in their field at each niche that's putting that that, that's all being tapped into for a business so what's chris is the ceo what's gino's title gino is ceo of uh, berkshire hathaway and all the home services affiliates across the country so he's got the he was just upgraded or promoted chris came in and runs all the franchise operations and the wholly owned do you know how many franchisees there are well, I know we have 50,000 agents, uh, franchisees and, and wholly owned. I don't know the mix on that. They probably should. But they, you know, it's funny. When we go back to when Emmett and I and, and Greg were thinking about this, uh, Berkshire Hathaway purchased quite a few brokerages across the country. Houlihan, Lawrence, uh-huh. you know, Westchester, mm-hmm. Long and Forrest are one of the largest in the country. Yeah. Um, in Terro, he bought Gino's company out in California. And these are all people that are all over the real trends, top 1,000. The top, top, top brokers. brokers. And yeah. we said, we said something's going on here. <laughs> Expansion, you know, that's what's going yeah, on. Something's yeah, something's going on here. And so you read the tea leaves, and sure enough, um, it comes out, uh, Berkshire Hathaway took over number one in 2018. And uh, I'll, I'll go out and, and say in 2019, we'll be number one again. Yeah, there's no turning awesome. back after there's that. There's no turning back. Yeah, once, once the velocity... The, the the growth velocity is at a certain point. It's it's really hard for anyone else to catch up. Although Compass does a good job, Rob Rob Refkin in in expansion in New York City and all that stuff, and he's all over the country. But but they've got a lot of seed money that comes in that they just spend recklessly. It's a different model. Um, very good stuff. So so with regards to these meetings, 
right? The sea level, what is their, what is their three to five to 10 year vision with regards to Berkshire Hathaway outside of just growing and all that stuff? I mean, obviously they, they're just going to keep opening up franchises across the country and, and growth, but where the business is headed, real estate itself, you know, a lot of people talk about the agent becoming obsolete, which I don't believe, but you know, what, what are the, the hot buttons that, that they think need to be addressed the next three to five years for the company to be, company to be relevant? Now, it's funny you say that because, you know, everyone's, wor- everyone's worried about what's this disruption that's going to come. Uh-huh. What's, what's going to disrupt me? The tech the, disruption. Yeah. The not, eye buyers and the... It's not happening. You know, we're not selling plane seats, right? We got to travel out of next If it's... Disruption comes when it's usually a, a lower priced item mm-hmm. and it's an easy gateway into it. Mm-hmm. We're in a very personal business. Extremely personal. Very personal. Now, listen, if I was trading sugar, I'd be, it'd be worried, worried, right? <laughs> Machines have taken over, but it's not going to happen. You still need a broker to manage one of the most complex transactions in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think when we look at the tea leaves, Berkshire Hathaway is positioned to be the forever brand. Mm-hmm. And this is something we've, we've touched on a little bit with you guys, but mm-hmm. this is what to expect in Nashville, that just like the life insurance agent, he doesn't exist anymore. He's now a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. If you don't have all the suite of services, you're out of business. Right. You can't be a one trick pony. You can't. You can't just sell life insurance and make a living. Right. right? They, go, they go to Morgan Stanley, they go to JP Morgan, just like, and then we and then they look at clients. Most clients have one attorney, right? Mm-hmm. One attorney, they do the will, they do, you know, when they get in trouble, whatever. They, they, they don't have the real estate attorney. And the- right. And you might have your um, own accountant, right? You have an accountant yes. for many years, mm-hmm. right? So you very rarely change it. So why are we right. changing real estate agents all the time? Why do, you, why do you buy a house with someone and sell it with someone else? Because they're not, because you only do it a few times in a lifetime. That's why? Well, uh, most, I think most, so. Most agents aren't providing any value. Well, that, There's no reason. That too. Yeah. I think that's the, the Berkshire Hathaway saying, we want to provide value for that. We want to sit down when you buy your first house, let's plan your second. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can't live in 1,200 square feet for the rest of your life. No. Let's plan that instead of winging it like most people do. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you're going to have a vacation home at some point. You're going to upgrade. You're going to downsize. So they have a life plan for your real estate holdings. Right. And it's just like the financial advisor would come and say, what do you make? When do you want to retire? How much your wife make? How many kids do you it's have? It's no different. Yeah. No different, but it's with real estate. Right. So they're positioning us stuff. So now we take technology, we take the brand, and we take the most trusted real estate advisors in the world, we package it. So when we sell a house to Diana last year, in four years, when she wants to sell her house, she calls us. Yeah. Because gotcha. you're going to list the house tomorrow that somebody sold to them five years ago. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let that happen anymore. No, you got to so, stay top of mind over that five-year period. That's the playbook for Berkshire. I don't know. If I'm giving anything away here. But that <laughs> no, is the I playbook. Mean, I think that's the playbook of every really successful real estate agent who works in an end-user market. You know, we're in an end-user market here where the people that are buying in Nassau and Western Suffolk County, they live here. They they lay down roots. They send their kids to school. They trade up into bigger homes. They they live near family. It's a lot different than let's say the South Fork, the Hamptons, which is a, a transient secondary market in New York City, which is an international market where money's flowing in from all over the place. And, you know, it's just different. So like you said, if you can be, if you could remain top of mind, especially in this market with people, because they, they all buy within five to seven years of, I mean, they all sell within five to seven years of buying. Then at some point you could almost, I wouldn't say completely, but you could almost shut off your prospecting and live out of your database. I would tell a good agent today, go get a hundred clients. 
go get 100 clients and you may never have to prospect again because the feed off of them from referrals from their kids, the grandkids, the uncles, cousins, go get a hundred clients. Now you say, I want clients for life. Get in your client's life. Yeah. You want clients for (laughs) life. Get in your client's life. Yes. I like that. Get to the barbecue, get to the communion, get to the hospital. You got to live it. It's a lifestyle. You have to be there. If you get to a hundred clients and then everyone's, approximately four transactions in a lifetime, plus their tree of, of referrals, mm-hmm. you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. But that, and then just service the hell out of them. The, yeah, the only way to get to 100 clients is by building value and client, re, client retention, which is building value. Because if you're not building value and you don't have client retention, you can't, you're not going to have longevity in the business. You can't churn and burn. Your whole life. And just keep, yeah, just keep prospecting and selling houses and helping different people. You're not going to have longevity. So you have to, you have to, provide value. Well, you have to, and you know, we were at a conference uh, up in uh, Massachusetts and we had some leadership from uh, Berkshire Hathaway and the guy said, listen, the, com- the, the consumer's tired for overpaying to be listed. Mm-hmm. Because you know what a listing's from? I, le- I didn't learn this. You know what a listing's from? He goes, 200 years ago when somebody wanted to sell a property and, and came up on a horse, went to the grocery market they listed. and listed the house, mm-hmm. listed the land. That's so crazy. And he goes, when you say listing, they don't feel the value anymore. But when you talk about being a client and marketing their property and digital marketing and doing all that, then they're willing to pay for the value. Right. So it's really about getting that client and marketing the property because anyone can list the property. What, what percentage of agents do you think are actually savvy enough to go out there and, and market digitally and do anything other than list their property on the MLS in our market? Three uh, percent. Uh, yeah, like ninety percent agents don't even sell one house a year. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they pass. You take a course, pass a New York State test, or whatever state you're in, and that's it. You're doesn't make you professional. You have a license, sure, but very few are evolving at all. None of them are keeping up on what's going on. Most of them, in my opinion, are dinosaurs. To be honest with you, but that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I think the that approach where you know why the guy robbed the bank. Because that's where the money was. Yeah. But why? Why are we, you know, marketing to people's handhelds, right? Now right. Zillow, Zillow captured that market, but Zillow's over the map, and now, and now they're actually competing with realtors. Well, Zillow's having issues with instant offers, from what I understand. Like they're hemorrhaging money from it, but they keep buying houses. I don't understand. I don't understand why the, they the business doing model doesn't. I don't see how it could work, and it's not working. Well, it's not work. That sliver of their business model is not working, but for some reason they're stock. How's their stock price? I haven't looked at it in a while. Yeah, I think it's hanging in there, but you know, they, they, they got a great app and they got a, you know, wall street always wants you to, to move the needle too. So they got to yeah. keep reinventing themselves. Top line, but, bottom line. But they, they, they're buying houses at discount. I'd buy those houses. Yeah. Which is not in our market. But, who, but market. they're not making money. They're not buying them at discounts. That's the thing. They're not making money on them. Right. They, yeah. They, if they, well, they are buying them at a discount. But turning around, turning them around, and selling them, they're not making money from it. From as obviously, if if they're reporting losses in that part of their business. Well, we're in a we're in a frothy market for most of the major metropolitan areas, and it's, so it's, it's hard. It's hard to make money on a flip. It's yeah, not, you it's, know, the, it's the, the worst time to do very, that. Very, too. So why would they start that part of their business when the market is trading the way it is now? I mean, when the market's going straight up, anybody, any anyone can make money on a flip. You know. Right. Well, I would suggest that they're not, people aren't buying the zip codes as much as they used to. Would you agree? What do you mean by buying well, zip codes? The agents used to buy the uh, buyer leads. Oh, yeah. I yeah, think that's yes, dropped yes, off tremendously. Yes, yes it has. It has. Uh, listen, the, build, you know, the business, we, like we said, we're waiting for the disruptor mm-hmm. to come in and it's never going to happen. 
what you got it to me what you guys are doing here on going out and gaining clients to market their properties that's the business it's never yep. going to change yep. they've already attacked the buy side uh -huh. paying referrals out the door for at the yin yang for buy side referrals right they call me every day we got leads for you 25 percent. i said oh you got any listing leads <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we don't have those. <laughs> Technology's actually disrupted Zillow more because now agents, you could build your own website and you can market it on social media, Google AdWords, and you could just pay for, you don't have to pay Zillow. You could just pay for those buyers. Yeah. I, lo I love the story about the, so you're going to, towards a Fizbo kind of for a sale by owner. Mm -hmm. And there's an old story where uh, a guy is going to Fizbo and meets a great couple and falls in love. And I always say Fizbo is kind of the Craigslist of, of real estate, right? <laughs> you, just, you just, I mean, you want to buy my lawn chairs? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the guy's smooth. Oh, I'm going to buy cash. No, and then, then two days later, he's going to get a mortgage and he's going to put less down. He doesn't have the 50 grand. Can he put down, you know, 17, five? And, mm. and, and of course, it's going the wrong direction, but hope is very powerful in this business. Right. And yeah, I got it sold. I'm not paying those brokers and he's going to come through. And, um, you know, the guy's really, really good and uh, really sharp. And so they, they're getting close to the closing. Uh, my mortgage is delayed. And, of course, the sellers, you know, it's gone. They stopped marketing the house. No more showings. The worst thing you can ever do. Mm -hmm. And they load up the Mayflower van and they're packing. We're, we're on our way, Virginia. And, and, you know, what's guy show up to close? I'm not closing. Oh, I, want 50, I want 50 grand off. What do you mean? We're in I've been we're there. In Maryland. I've yeah. been there. Oh, yeah, I want 50 grand off. Oh, we're going to keep your deposit? Good luck with that. Yeah, you're not keeping my deposit. You're not keeping my deposit. Or, or you can fight for it for two years. And of course, they have to take the discount. And who, who went out on that trade? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. hear you. So well, I've been in a situation like that before. The buyer, the buyer was a commercial real estate broker in Manhattan buying a house out in the Hamptons. He knew that the sellers of that house were divorced or divorcing. And it was a nasty, nasty divorce. So he knew that they weren't unified. So he got to that closing table and the wife was sitting there waiting for that check. And he basically made crazy demands as for a hundred thousand dollars off the price that they originally agreed to. He got up and walked away from the table. Well, I mean, he, they ran after him to get that deal done. And he got, I think he ended up getting like $75,000 off the deal. Yeah. So wild, wild, wild business. So what's next for, Berkshire Hathaway on Long Island. We've got our offices that are here. Where are the next towns that we're expanding to? What are you guys looking oh, at? Oh, I can't tell you all that, right? All right. All right well, who, whoever's listening, we can tell you. Well, we have an eye on Queens and Brooklyn. That's that's just some great markets. Yep. Great. Uh, great are you economy. talking like Dumbo, Brooklyn Heights, Cobble Hill, Greenpoint, that far west Brooklyn? Or are we talking more like towards the Verrazano Bridge. Well, for, you know, for, for us, for Berkshire Hathaway, we really have no zip code. Okay. All right. So for us, it's value and servicing the client. So it doesn't really matter where we put a physical office, but it would cover most of us. So I would say central Brooklyn would be ideal, but it would also depend on who's coming in with us. Gotcha. That's a great leadership team. If they're in East Rockaway, we'll take them. Yeah. I know it's yeah. Queens, but. Yeah. Um, but those are two areas we're going to look at. And then and expanding, of course, the Hamptons is always on the radar. Uh, it's just so fun and exciting, sexy. <laughs> is the the Hamptons goal, is fun. Yeah. Is the goal to be, is the vision to be the largest brokerage on the island, Brooklyn, Queens at some point? Or is that, is, is it just kind of one step at a time right I now? I think it's one step. I think it's to be the higher level of brokerage. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I don't know if that's a numbers game or a dollar amount. You want to be the white glove, bro. Yeah. Well, I think we are. And I think continue. Reputation. Reputation. Build, mm-hmm. build the right reputation. That's it. And the rest have, will take care of itself. We don't have to be everywhere, anywhere for everybody. We just got to be there for our clients. That's cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. So I, I think this is exciting opportunities out there. It's all about people, you know, oh, yeah. Very the right deep. people, yep. the right culture. Yeah. And um, growth is growth is good and it helps everybody. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I just looked. It's it's. I said, let me look at the market in Huntington. So we, we, we didn't wrap up with our last office. We just opened was Huntington. Yeah. Uh, about two months ago. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, for me, I'm, I'm from that area, East Northport, and it's kind of a homecoming. Mm-hmm. So I said, what's, you know, everyone's talking, it's so expensive to buy a house. So I said, let me look at stats, right? Mm-hmm. The stats, the numbers never lie. Mm-hmm. So in Huntington, in Huntington, I just took the township of Huntington. Not, not the school, not the schools, just yeah. MLS Huntington and uh, prices are up 13% in the last 10 years. Wow. wow. But so that's, that's, so it's unaffordable, right? But volume's up 21%. Of deals of being deals, done. Units. Well, that's why. Yeah. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. Wow. So you say it's, so it's, so the Are average. Are experiencing population growth on Long Island? Do you know? I don't, I know, I know New York State as a total is experiencing a decline overall. Um, I don't know about Long Island. I'll have to say that for the next webcast, right? Yeah, no, that's, well, that, well. It's one of the most important things in real estate is population growth. If you have population growth, then your investments are always going to be safe, right? That's right. why Manhattan is what it is because it, the population just kept growing and growing and growing and growing, and they had to build up, and the real estate just took off. Yeah, you know. So it's an it's an interesting thing. But Listen, when you factor it right, you're a suburb to Manhattan, you can go, you can ski, to, you can ski tomorrow, like yeah. Like we did, did last week, mm-hmm. right? You can ski tomorrow. You can, you can be surfing in Long Beach tomorrow too. Uh-huh. You get a good storm coming in and a uh, great nightlife. And uh, Diana's down there at Dirty Taco, right, Diana? <laughs> what <laughs> the heck? What is Dirty Taco? Uh, that's for another episode. Yeah, that does not sound like a... a uh, it sounds like, uh, what do they call that? PG-13? You got Broadway, you got our New York Islanders. I mean, what else do you need, right? It's true. Madison yeah. Square Garden. It's true. And... Two and a half hour ride to Florida if you ever wanted to. I mean, it's up and down. Right? Yeah, it's it's a home run. Yeah, so I think I think we're in for another very. I mean, I think this year over year, I think the market was up two and a half percent overall. Took every sale mm-hmm. on uh, Queens, New York, the Brooklyn, Long Island stuff. What do you what do you predict for the next twelve months with regards to, you know, the stock market relative to how's it the housing market and the optimism in the markets and all that good stuff. Well, I'm not a stock market. I, I love to follow it, but predictions is not my game. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, over my pay grade. I re- I watch and listen and read, but I, you know, it's a, it's election year, so we may have some ups and downs. But mm-hmm. unemployment's low, and um, people people love to work. It's a mm-hmm. great country, America, and people love to get out and work and earn. And I think we're doing more. There's more wealth than ever. Yeah, I, I agree mean, with that. There's more wealth in this country than ever before, even today. I don't know where it ended up, but, but real estate, I think we still have a, we, we're going to suffer, uh, uh, have trouble with a uh, supply. There's still light supply, mm-hmm. which is good for sellers, which is good for sellers. It's a little tough for the first time buyers, mm-hmm. but that's a cycle. It'll work itself out. Yeah. It'll work itself At least that's out. easy though with the low mortgage rates and with the low mortgage rates. Yeah. It's like, 
it's unbelievable. Break it down to the ridiculous. Money's cheap. Money's cheap. Sometimes you just gotta quit your Starbucks habit and buy a house. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, that's crazy. it. That's awesome. That's it's. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunity out there. I know you guys got a new listing coming on. You guys want to talk about it or not really? Uh, we there. just picked one up last night. Nice slip. Beautiful home. Four seventy nine. It actually, honestly, the house is. It's like. When I initially walked in, I obviously knew the price point because of the neighborhood, but I mean, that house, you, you plop it in like a Massapequa, America or anything like that. You're talking about a $650,000 to $750,000 home. It's beautiful. Uh, the owners immaculately ma- maintained it. Uh, very nice people. That'll be hitting the market on the 15th of January. Um, but there you go. Yeah, First time buyer, house. maybe three and a half percent down. Oh, yeah. get a great house. That, that house will be sold within two and a half, three weeks. That's great. Hands down. Hands down. And that's what we do this for, right? Yeah. Think about course. that family that's going to come in there and buy their first yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And them, they want to get something too. And they're a nice, nice family too. So to help all sides is just awesome. That's great. All good stuff. So anything? Don't anything get jaded. Want? Don't get jaded, right? Keep doing it. <laughs> help, right. help and recommend yes. a good mover. That's it. That's it. So, John, any, before we go, is there anything that you want to say? Uh, anything in particular that the broker is trying to do? Recruitment? Anything along those lines? Well, listen, I think you guys hit at the intimacy, and I like that word, uh, to get to know our people, knowing everyone's name in the firm, and staying, staying boutique but with some great growth, um, making sure our trusted real estate advisors – do well, mm-hmm. do well in this business. As you know, it's a challenging, tough business. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more touch points, the more opportunity for success. Yeah, I'll just tell anyone who's considering it or, or on our team is just get in the game, live it. Yep. You got to just get, get on that wheel, get on that cycle, and don't get off. Once yep. you get off, it's tough to get back on it. Understood. And, you know, Diana down here, she got on the wheel about two years ago, and uh, she's living it. You got to live it. One, one and a half years. I know when you joined. Come on. <laughs> So she's living and she's doing great and she's made some great introductions to you guys and uh, we love her for it. And uh, we'll, we'll, listen, we'll, we'll do this again. Maybe I can ask you, guys, ask you guys some questions. Yeah, All this stuff's going to live here. So we could do this whenever you want. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, this is the Pestle Lands Lot of Team podcast. Uh, if you want to buy, sell real estate, you could give us a call. Our number is 516-888-9711. That's 516-888-9711. Our email is info at pl-team.com. That's info at pl-team.com. And that is it. Mike, you got anything? That's it. We are out. All right. Happy New Year.